0: Hello, and welcome to this week's Golf Alternative Podcast, the only podcast out there that gives you the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips, as well as a playlist of great alternative music. Um, my name is Martin Matthews. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SundogMonkey and uh, at the Golf Alternative Pod. And I say the best in PGA Tour golf betting tips because last week we had a fantastic week with our first winner for the pod. Obviously, we're going to be going a few weeks on the pod, and we have our first um, first outright winner with Tom Hoagie, um, Hollywood Hoagie, as uh, last week's guest Kenny Kim called him, delivered the goods for us. And, uh, uh, God, what a Sunday night it was, because not only did we have Hollywood Hoagie, but uh, we had Troy Merritt as well, who brought us uh, a full each-way place as well. So it was a cracking week, and uh, obviously we'll be talking more about that in a second. Delighted to say, though, I've got another guest with me this week and um, absolutely um, over the moon to have with me Niall Lyons from uh, OddsChecker fame. So uh, Niall, good evening. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, Martin. It's it's great to be here. Uh, I was delighted you asked me whenever you, you put it up on Twitter a few weeks ago that you were starting this pod. I thought it was a great idea. So anything music and golf related, uh, I, was, I was chuffed when you asked me to come on. Well, thank you,
0: and um, yeah, it's uh great to have music lovers on here. And uh, we've had a couple already in uh, Dave Tindall and Kenny Kim last week. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, obviously hearing your golf betting picks first and foremost, but uh, <laughs> uh also hearing the uh, tunes you're going to bring to the pod as it were. So, uh, I know you've been in great form on the on the golf for, of late as well. And uh, obviously, I had a great week last week, so spirits should be high. But um, ha- how was um, how was this last week for you, And any, any joy at all, uh, either at uh, Pebble or over in the uh, other events? Yeah, well, I
1: actually didn't really get much of a chance to play the, uh, the event out in Dubai. Uh, I was just had a few things on last week, so uh, I only had a bet in Pebble. I didn't actually really fancy anything in Dubai anyway. Yeah, actually, but, I do remember uh, you saying that, though. Yeah, I remember yeah, but yeah. The, yeah, Pebble didn't go that well for me at the end of the day. I actually I had a bit of an interest on Sunday. Putnam was was pretty high up my list uh yeah. you know last monday and tuesday when i was researching so those guys who just don't quite make the grades that mm. you know we always fear winning i always yeah, still yeah. have a few quid on just in case the, the soft and the blow. so yeah, i had yeah. a few quid in putting them and then i had uh i took a bit of your advice i really i, I thought space was a, was a nice bet heading into sunday so i mm. had a few quid in space so i had a large interest throughout the night, and uh you know obviously uh, you, it, it wouldn't really well. It wouldn't matter to you who won, like. But you had three. You had three chances yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Like you were laughing, yeah. you know. Whilst yeah, I, like, I, I, was, I was tearing my hair out with Spieth in the, in, the, in the final hour, you know. So uh, it was a yeah, great I'm watch, like, a, though. Like golf is for me infinitely better when Jordan Spieth is in contention. You know, everybody absolutely. knows. Everybody yeah, knows. You know that uh, I'm a big Space fan, but. Uh, it was great to see him. I mean, was, you know, entertaining throughout the week. Obviously, the shot from, you know, the cliff edge. And, you know, he, he's just, I, I, I don't know. I just, he's just the most entertaining golfer for me there ever has been. Not, I know Tiger Woods put out something special. But space just, you know, because there's an element of uh, uh, fallibility about him, I think, mm. you know, it, it, he's even better to watch.
0: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. He's. Uh, I think when he first came out, and obviously you hold it from everywhere, and you even got people who sort of said, uh, you know, his, his luck won't last if you like, and uh, you, you don't win yeah. majors the way he's won, along with the other tour titles, uh, uh, by being lucky. Obviously, he, he's just, um, y- you know, when he's. Uh, when he his 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 best, his mental strength is as, you know, strong as anyone in the game. I mean what he I was on um, I was at Burkdale and was on Matt Kuchar. So uh, <laughs> uh and that was uh, that was pa- painful. And and last night actually when when Hoagie was uh uh, looking like he got the job done, I, I was still faced with Spieth on the uh, 18th fairway and thinking somehow he'll find a way to get down here yeah. because that's what he does. <laughs> uh, and then I had the spectre of Bo Hosler looming up uh, behind, which is as I think you uh, you were on as well. Uh, I have a, uh, a, yeah. a a long relationship with because of the Ian Poulter yeah, <laughs> exactly, In Poulter uh, incidents in Houston. Yeah. So so I was thinking as uh, Hosler was sort of standing over his second on on 18, I was thinking it'd be typical if after <laughs> exactly, what happened yeah. in Houston, if he goes makes a three here and then takes it in a play off of Hoagie, but uh, for, fortunately it all, uh, it all panned out well, and uh, as you say, my, I mean, I put up Spieth yesterday morning in the uh, I'm a Sporting Life column because I I, mean, I did like, I don't know if you read the column, but I, I did like Hoagie out of the three Sort of, um, you know, lesser names who are at the top of the leaderboard. Uh, I did like Hoagie the best. I thought uh, he was, as as I've been saying all week, he's been trending towards that win. And um, I, I fancied his chances, but when you've got speeth at four to one or hoagie at nine to two on on the Sunday morning, um you, you've got to take speed really, haven't you? So yeah. uh, and, and uh yeah that was uh that was the logic but uh I mean I'm assuming I don't know what he traded at but I'm assuming he was he was well odds on when he was a couple of shots clear. So I guess if you're that way inclined you could have traded out for a few quid as well.
1: yeah um, I think he traded at, at least one to three anyway, maybe towards yeah. one to four, but uh I, that's that's one uh bug bar with me. I I never know when to trade out that that's yeah. just one thing hit that pink button uh i I very rarely do it and i usually regret it too
0: yeah there's never um it's always like if you do it they go on a win and if you don't do it it's like yeah yeah, that's that's that's, sod's law but uh, i mean merit who i i put up yesterday morning and um again in my sporting life column at 200 ones i was on 100 at the beginning of the week but 200 to one i mean he gave a tremendous run and i believe um I, i wasn't actually trading out on that but um i believe um steve Rawlings said that uh, he traded as low as 3.2 or something like that so yeah. uh, you know hopefully a few people benefited from that but uh, um yeah it was a bit just obviously i'm not complaining with a hoagie win but it was disappointing the way he doubled the last but um but more of him later anyway so uh and uh, more of jordan spieth later but um yeah, so i mean we chat about this uh this weird game of golf betting now and i'm going to ask you the same as uh, i ask everyone when they come and what what Got you into this madness in the first place—the um, the world of golf betting and odds checker
1: and what have you. Well, uh, I guess it started when I was very young. I've always been into golf since I was a kid. Uh, mm. My dad's a golfer, and my dad's a punter as well. So uh, I was always kind of interested in that side. Even, you know, even at the weekend when you know my dad used to bring home a football coupe, and I, I used to sit and try. There was always like, you know. I don't know if they still do it in football coupons now but like you know there was different sections where you could mm-hmm. get minimum or guaranteed odds on say one from each section and all night and even as a kid i kind of liked working mm-hmm. it out to see if you could get you know half a point value or whatever i was always yeah, that they... way inclined but uh after university i've done a film and media gr- degree and then after university just kind of went from job to job trying to find mm-hmm. something that i like doing and obviously i was mm-hmm. always in to uh betting and sports. So Mm -hmm. uh I just stumbled across a job in Ladbrooks uh here in in Belfast uh in their head office and doing bits and pieces in there and then moved to uh the shops. So I worked Mm -hmm. in in the in the bookmaker shops for probably about six or seven years across Mm Ladbrooks and uh, a local boogies here called Tools. And then moved upstairs there. And then since then I've moved on to boys sports where I currently work now. That's where I'm that's my day job. Right, right. Sports, no, I didn't actually know that. So it's
0: interesting to know,
1: it. yeah. So, yeah, I was actually, I was going to message you earlier on just about that. I didn't know if you knew that or not, uh, if you wanted to chat about that. But yeah, boys sports, I'm a golf trader at boys sports. That's my full-time job. And right, I, was, I never
0: knew that No. I'm sure everyone else probably does. I'm probably the last of yeah. the
1: past <laughs> No, but I, I would say, say if that, you don't, you know, it's... uh You'd probably just I'd probably just get abused from all angles if everybody knew that to be fair <laughs> yeah. but uh you know everybody's always got a bone to pick with any, any bookmaker like so um uh, mm. yeah and throughout the uh, I think it was actually even tolls when I when I worked in tolls a fella kind of persuaded me to start uh You know, putting up my tips and and, and previews in places Mm. because he thought maybe that I had something that Mm. I didn't really see before. So I just started doing it, and it went from there. And eventually I started my own kind of tipping service where I just Mm. charged people uh, per month Mm. uh, just through, it was kind of just. posted on Twitter and this that and the other yeah. and I had uh, a WordPress site and mm. it went from there and then from there I just got offered the odds checker gig one time t- tipping which I was delighted to take and it's mm. it's been a great relationship with them ever since and uh, yeah so, that's about it, history ways. Yeah,
0: think. well, I mean, um, you know, I look forward to reading your stuff on OzChecker Checker each week. And, of course, you had a cracking result uh, losing track of weeks. Now, three weeks ago, is it? Or two, two, two weeks ago, just gone with um, Hudson Swafford. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean... Uh, um, I suppose it never probably the same for um, same for you as it is for me, but uh, uh, even the amount of times I've been, been through this watching, you know, particularly it's a three-figure shot coming down the stretch on a Sunday. Uh, it's still pretty nerve-wracking, isn't it? How, how, how did you feel when uh, Swath was closing that one out? Were you, were you confident or when he left himself a little bit of a distance on the 18th? Uh, yeah, well,
1: no, I definitely wasn't <laughs> pleased with that there. I, and I'd already got a few congratulations messages by that time, and I knew he was standing over, you know, a fifty footer that's never guaranteed a two putt, you know. Yeah. So, uh, no, I think down the years it's become slightly easier. I don't know if that's yeah. the case with you, but uh, a number of years ago, uh, it definitely would have took six months off uh, my life expectancy watching that down the back nine. But it's slightly easier to watch nowadays, I think. Maybe yeah. the older you get, the, the, you kind of realize that there are more important things than a, than a yeah, golf no. Nevertheless, when you get 150 to one shot in the mix on a back nine and Sunday, you want them to do the business because, you know, there, there's not that many times you've got a triple figure poke, you know, yeah with the lead with, with a few holes to go. So it's always nerve wracking that th- they don't get the job done, but thankfully that was one of the weeks where, you know, I just didn't have too much of a worry. He was quite impressive down the back nine bar one, he was. what one still 14th or 15th or something when he missed the green and he failed to get up and down, but he hold plenty enough putts, which, you know, I, I kind of wasn't expecting him to do down the back nine. So yeah, I was more than happy with the way he played yeah well so so
0: hopefully we're both um both in decent form this last few weeks and uh hopefully we can bring some more winners to the table this week uh between us so um yeah um so anyway, Hollywood Hoagie, as um, as Kenny was calling him on the show last week, and I have to put a song in our first song in the playlist this week. As those of you who are new to the pod might not know, we can um, or we put a playlist together each week, which can be listened to afterwards on Spotify. Uh, unfortunately, I know a few people ask me this: can I just play the songs in the pod from a copyright reason? Unfortunately, can't do that. But um, I put a playlist out on Spotify afterwards with all the tunes that will be linked out to the podcast, and the first pick this week is and it's a well done to mcnulty because there's a celebration for uh Tomahogie. i put out on twitter about an hour and a half ago that i would give a free bet to the first person who worked out what um uh, song would be uh and and mcnulty was pretty much straight in there with um dakota by the stereophonics uh obviously uh Hogie is a north dakota man i think i hope i haven't got that horribly wrong i think he's north dakota not south dakota because i know that would be an issue if i got that wrong but uh, he's a dakota guy anyway um and um i believe they were going mad in um, dakota last night uh, to celebrate his win so uh first song on the pod this week is the stereophonics and dakota right so to this week and um, TPC Scottsdale. So we're away from the coast of California, uh, and we're heading to the desert uh, again because we were there uh, obviously for the aforementioned Swafford win a few weeks ago. But uh, we're uh, down in Phoenix, Well, oh, well, Scottsdale's just um, uh, sort of a suburb from downtown Phoenix, uh, and uh, it's TPC Scottsdale, which is the long-standing course for this event uh, 30 plus years it's been used uh past 71 7250 yards long uh approximately and where you make your score here is on the back nine uh it'll be um uh, a stretch your holes I'm sure longer term golf watchers will remember well you've got your scoring holes 13 through 17 with the two par fives uh the infamous par three sixteenth, when you head into the amphitheater and uh i uh, get beer bottles, hats and all sorts uh, thrown at you and uh, uh, booed right, left and centre if uh, you miss the green and uh, there's no other hole like it and uh, i sure we'll talk about it a bit more in a minute. Uh, and then you've got the drivable uh, par 4 as well which um, of course has been a few uh, disasters out over the years. Uh, Ricky Fowler before he eventually won here, he drove it through the green there into the water at the back so uh, cracking stre- stretch of holes um, and um, yeah, re- really looking forward to- have seen that again this this week with the full crowds back in because they had limited crowds last year but i believe it's full crowds again after the pandemic this uh back this week so um and uh niall um i believe you're going to uh, take us down a road or a route that uh heads into um arizona and phoenix uh, way for your first music pick this week
1: yeah absolutely uh as i say i'm there are plenty of people on own Twitter that, you know, my music tasting, they probably won't be surprised by a few picks here. But uh, yeah, my first song is uh, Route 66, which is a cover, of course, by The Depeche Mode. Uh, it was a B-side behind the wheel and uh, off the album, Music for the Masses. And of course, it mentions through, uh, driving through Arizona on Route 66. So why not? Uh, this is Route 66 by The Depeche Mode absolutely and um i've actually driven, driven that um route afterwards
0: I'll, I'll post a photo of um Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah we did it I was, I was talking to dave about this a few weeks ago we did a trip around um me, me and uh, my good lady did a trip around the states um well nearly five years ago now seems like a lifetime ago it's everything going on but uh, uh and we um uh, we did um, grand canyon and what have you and then we were driving through to uh, my wife's cousin who lives in l.a uh, and um it's i mean to be fair they've actually dug up a large chunk of route 66 now so it's not route 66 so much anymore but they have a stretch of road that's dedicated to the history of route 66 is called route 66 and and there's sort of old style motels and diners and you know we stayed in this place called seligman which is an old style route 66 town where everything's sort of setting um you know looking like it did back in the day as it were i'll uh so i'll chuck a picture up a bit later but um uh yeah so it was an amazing trip so yes i can vouch for the fact route 66 does go through arizona and um yeah um coming back to the event now what what do you make of this event is it one you really look forward to on the calendar do you do you like the um would you like to see more uh holes like the 16th on tour each year or is 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 once a year enough for you uh
1: It's an event that's grown on me down the years. It was never my fear. I've always just preferred uh tougher, you know, courses, tougher events. Uh, I, I just prefer to see, uh, you know what, even though this, is, this isn't one of the easiest, and it certainly got tougher since the redesign mm-hmm. a, a number of years ago. Yeah. But, uh yeah, the 16th hole, it, it's not really for me. Believe it not, I actually kind of preferred it back, you know, in the late 90s, you know, when Tiger... Got the hole in one, and yeah. every everybody just screamed at the top of their voice every time yeah. the ball went. That doesn't quite happen anymore. Now it's throwing American footballs, and you know, players interacting with the crowd. I just kind of liked it when it was just noisy. Yeah, you know, I I, I don't like all the you know the Coliseum talk that it, that it is now and everything that goes on. I just preferred you know a, a good atmosphere with noise instead of you know all the silly games that happens nowadays, but. That's just me. Yeah. I'm getting old, I suppose. Yeah,
0: no, um, I, I know what you mean. and It's almost as though you've actually got a, uh, a sneaky look at my... I promise um, I have not told now what my playlist is musically-wise for this week. Uh, but my second pick, the um, second musical pick this week, uh, is... Come on feel the noise. Uh, oh that which, was here uh, that was very
1: close to making my last too. <laughs> uh, well, there you go.
0: Uh, and I've actually spent sad, sad as I am, I've spent about 20 minutes today deciding whether to go with the um, the Slade original or the Oasis version uh, it, it, as opposed to the, to the Quiet Oasis Riot for me. Version. Um well yeah and there is an American but a Quiet Riot to the version as well which has All right uh, but yeah, I did go with the Oasis version. I felt like I should go with the Slade original because obviously it's the original and it's an Absolute cracker, um, but yeah, I, I just felt the Oasis version was yeah, Liam's uh, voice,
1: and that there is cracker. Like so.
0: yes, yeah, I thought perhaps that was more in sync with um, the uh, atmosphere this week. So, uh, so yeah, my um, next up on the playlist and uh, our third tune for the playlist this week is Oasis and Come On Feel the Noise. So, returning to the event, and um, just looking a little bit at the history of the event, and yeah, the, the last 10 winners tell us. An interesting thing, uh, or an interesting fact, which will be the theme running through my picks this week, uh, very much, uh, and potentially, I think, uh, some of Niles as well, which is history in the desert. Um, You know, very much this week, it's not so much about, obviously, if you've done well at Pebble, great. uh, And, uh, you know, it can tie in, as I'll come to, but um, it's all about desert form for me this week. Uh, And um, if you look at the last 10 winners here, Uh, Every one of them had a previous top 10 somewhere in the desert, uh, with eight of them uh, coming in either at this event or what was the old Reno Tahoe, now the Barracuda event. Uh, Going back through that list, we've got um, uh, Brooks obviously had won here before, Webb Simpson had a host of top 10s here before, Uh, Ricky Fowler and Hideki, some great form here before winning, Same with Phil, uh, when he won here, he was a previous winner here. But it's not just the bigger names. um, uh, Obviously, Gary Woodland is now a bigger name, having his his major, but he wasn't uh, quite the name when he won here. But he previously won in in Reno. Um, Kevin Stadler, uh, who's probably the biggest outlier here from a name point of view over the last 10 years, uh, he had uh, two top 10s in Reno as well. Uh, Carl Stanley had a top 10 at the Shriners. uh, And... um, Kepka, although he didn't have a top 10 in the U.S. in the desert, uh, he'd uh, played strongly out in Dubai, uh, had a top three there when he'd been on the European tour. So so to me, um, desert forms the key here. And and um, I was actually looking at something, and I don't know if you're a trends man, Noel, but I was, I was looking at something um, before we came on, and uh, I'm a big one for trends. And there's been three big trends, if you like, the last three weeks. Uh, the week Hideki won... At the Sony, the trend was that the winner had played at the Century the week before, which he backed up. Uh, the trend for when Swafford won was that uh, they'd played at the Sony the week before, uh, and that was backed up. Uh, and last week for Hoagie, um, all of the last 10 winners had had, I think, something like a top 16 uh, at Pebble before, and um, Hoagie had been 12th last year. So that sort of followed on for lots of Vaughn Taylor being tenth the year before and what have you. So, so I'm, I'm a huge one for trends, and I'm looking at the desert trends this week. Do, do you look a lot at trends now? Is that something you you go for a lot when you first sit down to do your
1: research each week? Uh, well, I do and I don't do. I, I rely on the you know the stats that we all talk about. To be fair, you know the main stroke scanner stats. I, I rely upon them the most, obviously. But uh, yeah, when you come to a place like this. It would be foolish not to uh, look at the desert form. Uh, you know, this Scottsdale, of course, is one of the the most predictable courses on the road. Uh. You know, I think I think it's only uh, while uh, at the Sony Open on Augusta that actually have uh, you know course history wise that have, that that are easier predictable than this. You know. You've obviously got Matsuyama with a couple of wins and a couple of top fives and numerous others as you said there that had desert form and who, who, who have won but there, there's team golfers who you know have numerous top tens and top fives here at this event so uh i actually tend to look back for this uh, phoenix open i i tend to look back more closely at this course form than other other desert form, if you get me. Mm. Uh, yeah. I've, all, I've always got a nod to it, obviously, like I'm always on the lookout for it, but I actually, I find it hard to, uh, I find it hard to go with a golfer this week who hasn't had a good result here. Mm. That, yeah. Despite, even if they have other uh, good desert form, like Taylor Gooch is one of them that I mentioned in a preview this week, he has, you know, some great desert form. I think he has, what, he finished fifth at the uh, uh, CJ cup at the end of last year. And he's a top yeah. five in the desert classic. I think he was, he was another top 20 in, in the Shriners yeah. and stuff. He sucked some real solid desert form. But then you look at his three years here and it's missed cut 61st, missed cut. Yeah. And I, I, you just can't get your head around it, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I find it hard. I was looking back at results in previous winners and not, not often. In this event, have players come back from, you know, four or five, you know, really mediocre uh, Sean's here at Scottsdale and then gone on to win it. So I, I tend to look for this event, uh, just at the, mainly the course history here. Yeah,
0: no, that makes perfect sense. So I when mean, I've got one in my team this week who, um, who hasn't done anything here but has done other stuff in, the, in in the desert, but yeah, that was my slight reservation there. But uh, so so yeah, I, I very much take your point. and uh, uh, form here is first and foremost of importance. But uh, uh, desert form as a whole really is, the, is 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 the way to go for me this week. Um, betting wise, John Rams heading up the market at fifteen to two. Um, obvious why he is that short but uh it, you know are we, are we getting to the stage where john rahm just doesn't quite win enough regular events to be you know for you to be jumping on them at sort of 15 to 2 8, eight to 1 now would you yeah,
1: say? I, I totally understand where you're coming from but at the same time i think it's only a matter of time before he kind of puts that to bed i i, <laughs> I can't understand why he hasn't won more in the last year and uh you know, I was obviously really, really keen on him. Toward you know, in the middle of last summer, I backed him at Pebble, and, and then I backed him once again. Or not Pebble twenty pounds for the US Open? Yeah, well, I, I was and, on him then as well. Yeah, and then I backed him again in the Scottish bef- the week before the Open, thinking he And you know, he he missed putts from all sorts of distances that week. His long game was unbelievable again. And then uh, the following week at St. George's, it was the same story. He missed plenty of putts. Came with a rattle on the last day. It was just a bit too late, and then his performances towards the end of last year in Spain were a bit bizarre and there's been a few since where he Mm -hmm. just hasn't uh, got over the line. I can't really explain it because for me he's still a cut above the rest of the golfers there in the top five and top ten in the world and I think it's only a matter of time before he puts that, that, you know, that kind of uh, when percentage the, the rates in, in from the last you know 12 or 18 months, and I, I really actually considered him around 15 to 2 this week. I think you know, as we we'll go on to talk about Hadeki, I just thought you know, at more than double the odds that didn't quite up, add up, you know.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get it. everything you're saying, and and you know, we know that uh, I mean, it'd be a shock if he wasn't sort of you know somewhere in the top five coming into Sunday with a chance, but um, yeah, he you know, there's been a lot said about his temperament over time. And of course, you know, we thought he'd put that to bed, but he, uh, he, he wasn't happy the other week, obviously, no. and, uh, at the Amex. So, so he's but, but yet he, so. st-
1: he, st- he still talks about having a great mindset. No, you know, what? Yeah. I, I seen a video at the start, I think it was the start of last week, yeah. about him talking, you know, with, of, about the values his dad had given him and all, and, you know, how, you know, nothing much bothers him on the course and all anymore. You know, I, yeah. I just thought it was funny after what he had come out with the week before yeah, with the Amex. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it's Rama at 15 to 2. You pay your money, take your chance, as it were. And, and I'm sure he'll give a good run. Um, JT at 12s. And you've got uh, Cantley and um, Hovland at the 16s, Mark. Hideki, 18s. Uh, Jordan, 20s. Um, which, um, yeah, takes us at the first half dozen or so in, in, in the market. And uh, I think your first pick is in that. Bunch now, you've just mentioned him, so um, yeah, take it away.
1: Yeah, it's Sadaki Matsuyama, and uh, I would almost prefer to be on John Ram or something this week. I, I can't, it, it, was, it was slightly hard to take the plunge in Matsuyama simply because you know when he won there at the Sony a couple of starts ago, his putting performance was just through the roof. It was, it was really hard to believe. And, and I talked about him in my preview in, in, in Sony that week, that it was just a, the reservations with the putter that just put me off. And then he goes and has, you know, a, a career week in the greens. Uh, and that's of course, always hard to repeat. And, I, uh, it's putting reverted to type basically at, at Torrey Pines, but then, mm. you know, I can kind of look past that and Poana greens plant, plenty of golfers can just have, bad weeks on those greens especially Matsuyama of course uh but you know obviously comes here as I've mentioned before he's had two wins uh, a couple of top fives uh this is probably you know I don't know if he's been quoted as saying as his favorite course but it's bound to be one of them if not his favorite course certainly the one where he's got the best record upon and Mm. uh I think uh, the thing that struck me when I look at the market it was more a price thing for me this week with Matsuyama uh Simply because I think you know two wins in the last four at the Sony and, and the Zozo. You know, if he had posted uh, say tenth or twelfth in those two events, could he or would he be any bigger than eighteen to one? You know, I, I I wouldn't have thought so.
0: No, and in a, in a sort of bizarre way. Um and I know Hideki had that sort of purple streak a few years back before his injury, but uh, in a bizarre way, you, you know, the fact that he's won twice of late, almost some people in their mindset will be thinking, well, "Is he, is he going to win again for th- a third time in sort of however how many
1: starts?" So yeah, uh, exactly, I think that's why it was kind of difficult to take the plunge. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, it was just the price. I, I thought he should be second favorite uh, alongside yeah. Thomas. Uh, Thomas doesn't yes he has the game for here especially approach play because i think it's very important this week but mm. uh it just doesn't quite convince me either i think he's had one win in the last 16 months which you know i'm sure he'll put that right very soon as well yeah, but yeah. at the same time two wins in the last four and as as we've seen in, in previous years some golfers just go on these streaks you know like Dustin yeah. johnson and uh patrick Cantley, you know they get their wins kind of quickly in, in a short space yeah. of time and although we never really considered Matsuyama in that very, very top bracket. Maybe, mm. maybe until now, which he could be, of course. Uh, mm. I just think the two wins in the last four certainly uh, deserves a shorter price than eighteen to one.
0: Yeah I'd agree Uh, I mean I would I'd certainly take him over uh, Hovland this week and and I know you know Hovland's won three times in his last five starts or something like that but uh, uh, he's not coming back to your thing about course form here I think he's he only played the once and missed the cut possibly so uh, um, so I'd I'd be taking Hideki over uh, over Hovland this week and uh, um, Thomas, last time out, his, his off the tee game was sort of all over the place down the stretch at Tory Pines. He couldn't find a fair way to, you know, for love nor money. And uh, um, I mean, all these. Players, the thing is, we know with all these players, they can put it right just like that. So Cant- Cantley obviously uh, was was disappointing uh, yesterday from his point of view. I'm sure he'd have been very disappointed with how he played. And, you know, he could just come out this week and blitz the field because that's obviously what these top players do. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, what, you, what you're saying about... Um, Hideki makes perfect sense, and uh, uh, my first picks at similar odds and, and a sort of um, you know similar logic on, on the price and the course form really because I'm I'm going to take Jordan Spieth to um, uh, continue his momentum from uh, last last week. So um, uh, it was this time last year, of course, that uh, uh, we've been in this sort of. Um, doldrum of no fans and uh you know the whole sort of um covid sort of um backdrop still on 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 golf and obviously you know in far bigger picture of course but uh from a golfing point of view you know no fans on the tour uh and um then the fans came back at phoenix and and jordan spieth caught a light and and as you alluded to earlier he's, he's fantastic to watch and it just felt like golf was back at phoenix last year uh and um uh, that was the start of his run, which uh, he went on, I think, uh, five um, five top 15s in six starts or something, which culminated in the uh, win at um, uh, in Texas a couple of months later. So um, I- I'm thinking he's going to go on a similar run. Uh, obviously, we ha- he had some ready-made excuses for um, a low-key performance at the Century with uh, the Birth of his first child, uh, and um, uh, understandably the clubs probably wouldn't have been his priority over the winter break. And, and then um, he was ill, which uh, I don't I don't think that was common knowledge particularly at Tory but uh, it came to light certainly this last week that uh, uh, he had some kind of bacterial infection or something that she had to go to hospital. So that's um, obviously uh, very much responsible, I'm sure, for his poor efforts at Tory. So, um, but uh, yes, slowish out the gates this last week, but caught a light at. Uh, Pebble on the Saturday, uh his approach play, which uh, you've touched on as being important this week, was was out of this world on Saturday. It regressed slightly as you expect on Sunday, but um it was still, you know, pretty pretty positive stuff. Um uh he, he's obviously got the history here, uh three top tens, including the fourth last year. And uh yeah, I, I just think he's gonna be you know annoyed with himself about uh uh, how he let it slip yesterday. Although to be fair, he only really made the one mistake uh, on the 17th. It was more Hoagie's, um, you know, great play down the last uh, half a dozen holes or so that uh, uh, picked it. So I don't think Speed did too much wrong really. Uh, but um, I, I think he's going to build on that, uh, potentially go on the sort of run um, like he did last year. Uh, and um, yeah, I can see, I, I can see him um, post, posting a win here with his, with his course history so uh yeah, he's, so I'm going he's to... certainly he's
1: certainly a momentum golfer you know as, a, yeah. as you say it was the same same case last year and I think he was slightly unlucky on Sunday actually there were some yeah. putts which I could not believe did not drop yeah. Yeah, they, they, yeah they literally shaved the edge and it wasn't they they looked every inch like they were going in until the very last yeah. moment he I don't even think he I know we get the speed histrionics regularly enough and you can take yeah, them yeah. With a pinch of salt I suppose but I could not believe some of the putts were going in. And obviously, yeah, he made a mistake in 17. To be fair, I know he said he hit, he flushed that shot. Mm. Maybe he just needed an extra half club or whatever. Mm. But he, the ball was heading right for the flag. You know, it, it did look a wonderful shot in the air. And mm. uh, yeah, I, I was actually just, I, I thought he could have been, you know, two or three shots better off. I thought he putted very well. He just got really unlucky that a couple of putts didn't drop uh, throughout mm. the middle of the round. Yeah. Yeah, it was I mean
0: like you alluded to I think when you messaged me last night. It was one of one of those evenings where things fell my way and I was sat there and, and to be fair, for the large bulk of Spieth's round and indeed Cantley's round, I wasn't really focusing on um, Hoagie winning because of course he came with a late run. I was thinking more about Merritt posting the score uh, yeah. in the clubhouse uh, and and he'd got himself to sort of 16 and 17 under and I was thinking well Spieth and Cantlay are going to go past him here but like you say, every putt they hit, so particularly Speeth was just burning the edge uh, and um, yeah, it, it just wasn't wasn't his, his, his day really was it and um uh you, you know i don't uh, uh I, as, like i said i don't think he did too much wrong really um so I, i'm happy to take him this week to build on the on momentum from last week uh, I, i'm looking um the other thing here as well and, and obviously you're taking hideki from the top of the market i'm taking uh, uh spieth uh, the one thing we haven't touched on is there's quite a few players who are coming in from saudi and uh, uh what do we think of that event um it's a, it's a long journey home as well and i'm i'm, uh, I'm just put a line through rightly or wrong let's put a line through those guys so but bubba's form in the desert is obviously strong and you, you know of course he was uh uh putting a great performance last week but he uh, yes yeah, so a line through those guys for me you have a similar view um with the saudi guys? yeah
1: quite similar. quite similar yeah i actually didn't see uh just with the amount of golf last on last mm. week i guess like i didn't see an awful lot of Saudi. i was watching the the the, the Tail end of it, the, the, the yeah. exact final hole. I actually saw Harold Farner hold his putt live, but you know, yeah. apart from that, I didn't see much. And I, I, I think the forty to one about is actually fair enough this week. Yeah. Uh, I certainly wouldn't put anyone off betting it. To, to be honest, he, he took the defeat in great spirits. Obviously, uh, as we've seen, gr- greeting uh, Farner, and I think it, I saw it posted on Twitter later on. He was having dinner with him and stuff. The, the typical mm. bubble behavior, anyway. Yeah, I thought 40-1 to one was fair enough. I, I would say that there'd be a right few on him this week, given his history. Here. Yeah,
0: yeah, possibly. I mean, I think that was, uh, someone said that was his first start in, um, you know, well, go, going back sort of five months or something like that. So, uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, it sort of came, came out of the blue a bit. But, um, uh, yeah, I just, I, I mean, I'm always one when someone's, uh, when there's been like a long journey or sort of overseas trip and what have you, I, I tend to just sort of avoid, avoid the guys. So so we've got, for those who haven't sort of taken note. Uh, um we've got uh harold Varner. is teeing out this week uh obviously a huge ask for him to to back up last week uh, as his baba uh and then we've got um chauffeur and uh and are the others as the big names as a few others as well i think jason duffner yeah. uh, I, was, um, I was looking, looking at her, looking the market yeah.
1: earlier and thinking is chauffeur ever gonna drift in price
0: <laughs> yeah you know he's yeah, yeah. sitting
1: at 20 to 1 there this week hasn't won in a lifetime didn't win yeah. last week you know uh didn't really compete either. Well, he was up there for a part of it, I guess. Like, But he, he never traded that short or anything. And, and, and just waiting, you know, Brooks Koepka goes on a run of bad form. You know, he, he goes and wins at 40-1 to one last year yeah. at, at the Phoenix. And Schofield never moves.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I was coming into Tory Pines, uh, you know, before there was any market out there or, or what have you. I was thinking, okay, uh, he, he's done, you know, by playing well here. Uh, playing well at Tory the year, year before, having played badly there previously, and then also playing well at the US Open for what that was worth. He's done what a lot of previous Tory winners have done, which is, you, you know, nothing in the first few years and then suddenly post a good finish and go on and build on that. And uh, um, uh, he, uh, he, he appealed to me before the odds came out, but then the odds came out and he was sort of. Fourteen to one or something, and uh, I, I thought no. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, uh, and that was another event actually. I forgot to mention that was another event with the trend as well, with uh, Luke, Luke List having the previous uh, top ten as well at Tory. So um, yeah, that was another one. Yeah, he, was, trend, he was he was high up, up my then. list. of the yeah. as
1: well. When I was yeah. researching it that week, it was kind of kicking myself that I yeah. that I hadn't backed him. Back to him. Yeah, it was actually it was um, Ben Coley made a
0: really interesting point on Twitter because um, Loot List had all has for the last year or so been in my sort of yeah, he's, he's not for me. He's, he's, you know, he's had plenty of opportunities. And if he's going off at um, sort of 66, 80 to one, then uh, he'll find a way not to win. And I'm quite happy to, to pass him by. Uh, and and um, whereas Tom Hoagie last week, uh, I didn't view him in that way at all. I, I viewed mm-hmm. him as a player who had been improving and had been knocking on the door more and more over the last 12 months. And had, had sort of had done too much wrong in, um, in Swofford's win the other week um, when he, finish second to him uh and then ben pointed out i think that um list one of these 206 start on the tour and hoagie on his 203rd something like that so it just goes to show how you can get a perception of players because uh, i didn't yeah. have hoagie in that sort of same mind you know fr- i didn't view him in the same way at all which is in- interesting but um yeah um anyway i digress and back to jordan spieth uh i have a tune for him uh and i'm sure someone who did have their heart in their mouth uh last weekend if they were watching the tv or following around was uh jordan's wife as he's still on the edge of um uh the cliff uh, there and uh uh, i don't know would you have been playing that shot Nile? i don't think i would have been but uh, no definitely not i think i would have taken the drop so uh um but um yeah fair play to jordan but i'm sure his, his wife Annie had a few words with him afterwards and um, therefore as an ode to Annie, I have um, a song that I'm sure neither John or his wife have ever heard, uh, Annie by Elastica, uh, which um, I don't know if, uh, are you an Elastica fan at all, Noel? Do you remember that debut? No, not, not no? at all right okay well um this this is a belting tune which is actually uh uh written about their bass player who is called annie holland uh and it's about two minutes long and it's a cracking little anthem uh called annie uh from their debut album so uh that's my song for jordan spieth um right let's move on uh and your second pick um i believe you're going canadian now
1: yeah Corey connors uh one who should always come with a health warning i guess uh you know, on the greens, it can be a, a, an absolute horror show at times. Uh I think it was a couple of starts ago, but uh I just kinda like him here. He's he's went around twice, uh finished inside the top twenty uh uh last time out here. I think he shot four rounds in the sixties. Uh there's, it, obviously I'm looking at the, the good ball strikers this week and uh you know Connors fits that bill big time. There's no, there's not many better to green than Corey connor's he, he he strikes me as someone who you know if he can get it together a bit more with a short game that he can definitely contend majors and possibly even win one uh yeah it's putting as it was actually improving as well towards the end of last year and the start of this year up until the farmers where he just had a, an absolute nightmare but as i've said before i think Pona greens like i can you can somewhat gloss gloss over that but uh it's just the, the the ball striking element here, and uh, as again it, as you say, you mentioned the trend. Like I was looking someone who had uh, played reasonably well here before, and I thought in two efforts, uh, one top twenty with four. I think it's four rounds in the sixties and six out of his eight rounds mm. in the sixties. You know, you know, it's, it's not too bad here. So uh, I thought the fifty to one was quite fair. Uh, mm. Eight places this week and a low. Yeah, like, uh, there's. I approach this week kind of, I love when there's weeks, you know, there's three or four weeks throughout the year where, you know, you can really consider the poor putters. And I think uh Scottsdale's one of them. We've obviously mm-hmm. seen Matsuyama and, you know, I'm, I'm being quite unfriendly there saying poor putters, like, you know, but you know what I mean? Uh yes. I've had Matsuyama obviously play well here down the years, and Bubba Watson. Neither the two of them been reliable with a flat stick. Corey Connors is is completely in the same uh, ballpark with those two. And mm. I think if there's ever a venue where you know where he's going to get his uh, next one, I think it, it could easily be uh, or sorry, it could easily be Scottsdale. So I thought the fifty-one was just a fair price, and I'm prepared to take the chance and see how many pots he can hold this week.
0: Yeah, he's he's um as you say, this is a course that certainly fits fits up well for him, and uh, you know as you say, he's shown that in his uh, uh in his previous visits. Um, he he sort of he looked like he'd lost his weight. He had a couple of bad bad finishes recently. He sort of sli- slightly gone off gone off the ball, as you say. Or totally yeah, well, it was a, it was a, it
1: was a, a mess cut that. Uh uh yeah. Tory, but you know, mm. it, it was it was a complete horror show on the Greens. One of one mm. of actually his worst weeks of his career, his long right. game was actually in fine Nick, So uh yeah, I was yeah. prepared to overlook it, especially with the Poana Greens, because I just think they're mm. funny, you know, you can get some funny results on those. Uh but his yeah, long yeah. game has been in great nick for a long time and and was even in good Nick at Tory Pines, So I was prepared to look over that it was just a bad week in the Greens. And you know we've seen so many, you know, average putters here do well down the years that uh you know, I think it could easily be turned around for Connors.
0: Yeah, well, it's, I suppose it has been the year so far of um, poor, poor putters turning into Ben Crenshaw to win tournaments, hasn't it? We've <laughs> had, obviously Idekki, and and then you know Swafford obviously putted brilliantly uh, when uh, that's that's of course we know his weak link, and then then Luke List is uh, normally a sort of hide behind the sofa job on the greens, and he, he putted brilliantly as well. So uh, yeah, so there's we've certainly got a precedent for it this year. So um, yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from um for me my next pick and i was actually presently pleasantly surprised although he has been back to uh since i put my preview up earlier but i was pleasantly surprised by the odds of uh andrew putnam who uh who who you mentioned earlier was on your radar at pebble and and um yeah i I don't know if you considered him again this week but to me i i was actually getting slightly worried last week at pebble because i hadn't really thought about him for pebble and um uh he, he was suddenly in the mix threatening to win. And, and he was on my radar very much for this week because of, again, coming back to the theme running through this, the desert form. So uh, he, he, his form over recent weeks, you know, it's right there in front of you, 27th, 14th, 6th, last three events. So trending very nicely. Uh, but it's his desert form. You know, I'd have been quite happy if he'd finished 40th last week, to be honest. And, and you know, I'd have been getting one, two, fives or something like that. But uh, uh, his, his form uh here uh and more pertinently in the barracuda he's got the win and the runner up there and he's his two visits uh so we know he's comfortable at altitude and, and in the desert uh seventh last year uh here in this event and 11th uh at the Shriners last fall when that was his only really decent performance in the fall so so I was thinking he would be you know sort of um, 66 or something like that to be honest so I was surprised that there was some uh 90s and even hundreds if you want less than eight pla- places kicking around earlier uh he has now been back to 80s but uh I, I still think that's a, f- a fair price um did, did, did he uh, cross your radar again this week having been looking at him last week at all uh not
1: really i thought the price was a, a bit thin if anything uh, that's just, right, fair enough. <laughs> uh but that, that's just, that's just my thoughts but uh i actually uh i know we've only got really two rounds of stats from you know last last week you know mm-hmm. being a pebble but you know he pulled very well and he pulled very well at, at the uh, american express as well mm-hmm. when he finished 14th there and mm-hmm. and for that case sony's been putting very well and it, it, when I see a, a player on a run of, you know, really good putting weeks, I always think that there's a bad one around the corner, you know? Mm. I, yeah, so yeah. I was just, a, I, would, I almost tend to look at golfers who have a poor putting week and, and hoping they can turn it around the following week than someone who's really flying on the greens, whether they're going to continue it or not. So, uh, yeah, it just would have took a slightly bigger price for him to interest me this week, I think.
0: Yeah, no, f- fair enough. Uh, the other thing I liked about him is that, uh Um, He has has sort of competed, because, of course, we've got a lot of big names here this week, and, you know, you've got to think, okay, well, how will your man hold up down the stretch if he's up against uh, uh, Rahm and Thomas and what have you? But uh, um, Putnam, when he was at his uh, sort of uh, peak, if you like, as as it were, in his career so far a few few years ago, uh, he was fourth in the WGC, Uh, he's, you know, sort of... uh, he's a top five at Bay Hill, so so he does know how to sort of mix it with the big names. He's not just someone who, who can pop up and win at the Barracuda or, or, or what have you. So uh, um, yeah, I, I like the look of him coming into this week, and I was uh, happy to take take the uh, well um, uh, ninety to one. I put him up at, but uh, I think he's yeah. uh, in into eighties now. So you
1: yeah, well as you say, you know when you know as, as you say, you know you th- you worry about them slightly if they come up against the Cantleys and the Rams mm. and all. But it was funny, I was actually looking at this event. And saw that uh, I think it was I think it was at seven out of the last eight or seven out of the last nine have only been one by one shot or it's been mm-hmm. a playoff. And I said th- I think I went back further. I think I might have been. F- I can't actually remember the figures, but I think. Down the, down the last ten or fifteen years of this, there has rarely been a runaway victor. Plent, plenty of playoffs and plenty of one-shot victories. So mm. I think it's I think it is a uh, one of those courses where it's actually hard to stretch the field, mm. uh, especially since since the redesign a number of years ago. It's been very compacted fields, and that would almost mm. put you off. Back on you know a John Ram at around fifteen to two, that no matter how good the play, you know, someone might be alongside them. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So there's always there's always a chance of a uh, a big price runner. I guess mind you, the winners the winners of this down the last ten years that the the, the kind of have been not much bigger than forty to one, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I mean you get you get. Um, I mean, going back, let's have gone with You got uh, some pretty big names have won it over recent years. I mean, Kepka obviously, although he was available at uh, forty to one or thereabouts last year, wasn't he? I think because he'd been out yeah. for. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously Hideki twice. Uh, Ricky Fowler was telegraphed here as a winner, as was Webb Simpson with their previous course form. So there's only, I mean, I suppose, yeah, so we th- consider Woodland a big name now, but he wasn't so much in 2018, or- although obviously, of course, he was a proven winner. Uh, I guess there's only really Kevin Stadler and Carl Stanley would have been um, Skinners, if you like. Uh, yeah. And Stanley then <laughs> would one here from way off the pace on the Sunday after we'd blown it at Tory the week before. Yeah. So 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 yeah, I mean there's um uh, there has been some yeah pretty pretty short uh, I wouldn't say jollies come in but uh, certainly some shorter price guys come in. So um yeah um so Putnam for me anyway. I'm happy to roll the dice with him and give him a chance. Uh, and um, I have another song now which uh, isn't a Putnam song because I can't think of a Putnam song to be honest, but uh, a song for the event. And of course, we have this weekend, um, Green Out Day, of course. When it's uh, <laughs> the, you know, yeah, uh, I couldn't believe no one suggested this, it was the only <laughs> occasion for uh, uh, it's green, green Day on Saturday or Green Out Day, I believe, isn't it? Where they uh they all wear green and um, support yeah. the, uh, I was, I was the, actually
1: going to suggest the uh. The theme tune to The Sopranos. Tony Soprano was always that was always an is an excuse that whenever he was asked what it was, it was he was in the waste management. So, <laughs> right, well,
0: i uh, someone actually suggested that, um, and put it on the the free bet, um, uh, sort of right. uh, suggestion list. And I have to be honest; and I was going to make this confession later, but I'll we'll make it now. Um, I didn't quite get the link, uh, and now I do because right. I've never actually <laughs> seen an episode of The Sopranos in my life. So, oh, yeah, like, oh no, you haven't lived, Martin. Come on, so, uh, I I'll, 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 I'll have to watch it, obviously, but I've never actually seen an episode. Well, that and Breaking Bad, I've never watched an episode of, which you know. Oh no it. way! Yeah, no, I love. It. I mean, I love all kinds of drama, thrillers, crime stuff, what have you. So it's not like it's not my cup of tea, as it were. But for some reason, I've just never watched either I, I don't know. Yeah, the just... Sopranos
1: <laughs> has always been the best for me, without yeah, yeah. a doubt. Like I love that show. That that is one you're really missing. It's not no. just about mob, you know, mob life. You know, there's family life, everything. Growing up was, you know kids in the house and you know it's a fascinating story it's absolutely brilliant right i'll have to give it a go
0: i suppose i look at these things like i mean i'm guessing i don't know how many seasons that is but sort of seven eight seasons or whatever and the same as yeah. uh, breaking bad and i sort of think do i want to embark on something sort of eight seasons or something? <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i'm sure i'll get around to it one day so that makes sense anyway so um uh but yes uh so it's it's green day and uh uh i was deciding which song to go with and i thought um boulevard of broken dreams might be appropriate this week i'm hoping that stretch <laughs> from thirty 13 through 17 isn't a boulevard of broken dreams for uh, any of my players, but uh, it's from obviously their um, huge album, American Idiot, uh, released in 2005. So next on for the playlist is uh, Green Out Day and Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Um, Yeah, back to the picks, now, and uh, a couple of your guys next um, around the same odds. Um, Let's uh, walk us through.
1: Yeah, I quite like Keegan Bradley this week. Again, he's been, you know sneaky good lately uh he's at seven top 20s in his last 17 events obviously a lot of them are you know at the back end of last year but uh it's solid enough form for him and uh he was 12th two starts ago with the sony uh finishing 13th and approach and first in tita green and uh The following week at Farmers, he was further down the field, sixty fifth. But maybe, maybe that actually suits to get the better price this week. Uh, Mm -hmm. He was sixteenth in approach and 28th tee to green. So once again, uh, you know, playing quite well tee to green, which is really what I'm looking for this week. Someone who's, you know, keeping on the straight and narrow, and someone who can actually. uh, you know capitalize on the on those scoring holes towards the end as you say now as ever you'll need a good week in the greens which bradley hasn't been doing lately he's been putting absolutely woeful. Yeah. uh even if obviously towards the end of back year wasn't great but the first two tournaments this year sony Open and the farmers he has not been putting well but as i mentioned earlier on that's just you know kind of one thing that i'm i'm looking through that is, you know poor putters usually perform well here and uh, you know his Tito Green game is in such great shape so uh, he certainly interests me at triple figures. He's had five top 25 finishes here which is more than enough for me Uh, course form wise because I am looking for a bit of that this week. Scoring Mm. averages in his scoring average at this uh, course is in the sixties. You no, know, it's, it's obviously sixty nine point whatever, but it's you know it's in the sixties, and that's over playing t- ten events. He's played this event ten times, so yeah, I thought he was an interesting one. He certainly, I think he's just playing sneaky good golf from T to green, and and obviously as I mentioned, seven top twenties in his last seventeen events. You know, he's you know there's some really good golf in there, and I think if he can just have a really good putting week, which you know they can have on these greens, you know, they're kind of straightforward greens. They're often, you know, a little bit firm, but there's not that much slope on them. And, you you know, you can easily hold putts. So I'm hoping for a bit of an upturn in the greens. And yeah, another one along the same price, as you say, uh, Gary Woodland. Uh, He must have cut at at, uh, the American Express, which we can maybe put down to Russ because he hadn't played in a couple of months. And then he went to Torrey where he finished 39th. He was on 10th in putting that week on 21st in approach. And uh, he really lost ground off the tee that week at Torrey, and I think he might just be suited uh, by a return to Scottsdale slightly less demanding off the tee. Yes, there's plenty of water hazards you may need to avoid, but it's not—it's obviously not as demanding as Torrey Pines. Uh, He's got some desert form, in fact. You know, his best pre—his best finish in the last. Uh, five or six events was at the CJ Cup at the summit. So he finished ninth there at the back end of last year. And he obviously hasn't been in the best of form ever since he won the US mm-hmm. Open, but uh he's got I think he's got a second place finish at uh, the ball poop a long, long time ago. It's another bit of desert mm-hmm. form. But uh I thought of triple figures. You know, obviously I back Hudson Swaffer. he was a previous winner uh of the Amex and we got to him well there was two hundred and fifty to one out there that week, but it was 150 to one. And I kind of always like to look at previous winners, especially someone like Woodland, who, yeah. you know, if he rekindles some of that form, you know, of a couple of years ago, and you know, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a really dangerous golfer, you know, if he comes in here even with average form, you know, in the, in the height of that form when he won the S Open, he'd be, a, you know, a 40-1 to one shot and and possibly even shorter if he was playing better. So uh, I thought there was just small signs at Torrey that he was, you know, could be returning to his best and his approach play was good and just maybe suited by, you know, an, an easier task off the tee this week.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, as you say, previous winners have got a great record of coming back here and, and doing the doing the business again and and uh you know he's got the reno win as well which of course uh, yeah you know so we know so we know he loves the desert uh i'm, I'm certainly not going to argue with, with that pick uh he, i think he's um uh is he not working with a different coach now because he had some injury problems didn't he and is he um i forget
1: who but he's uh he yeah I think, like has, a- I think he's moved yeah but yeah, yeah, the name escapes me as, as at the minute as well. Yeah, but... yeah, but
0: um, yeah, he's, he's obviously had some injury problems, which he's he's coming back from. So, um, not going to argue with that one. Keegan Bradley, uh, I'm um, the, all the reasons you backed him for. I backed him for at Tory Pines. At, backed him at Tory Pines for and uh, watched that horror show on the Greens uh, on Shot Tracker and what have you. So, yeah, uh, yeah he he's um, uh, it'd be typical of him to come and deliver the goods this week <laughs> when I was on him last time out. So, so yeah, he, he he's one of those guys he he, again he he can mix it as we know he doesn't win often but he wins big events when he does win and and if he was in the hunt down the stretch you you could see him sort of seeing off rahm or 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 what have you because he's got a history of doing that sort of thing obviously so um so not going to argue with that either and uh um i believe you have a song for gary woodland
1: yeah uh i was actually very close to picking uh a Thousand Trees by uh, Stereophonics, but that would have been a bummer, actually, because then we would have two Stereophonics tunes on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the playlist. Uh, but yeah, it's a song by The Cure, and it's called uh, A Forest. Uh, it's from their second studio album, 17 Seconds. Uh, always been a big Cure fan, obviously love their big hits and all, but this is maybe a song that uh, a few may not have heard before, and you know, I suppose that's uh, kind of the target in, in the playlist, isn't more? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, well to get to uh, get the alternative stuff out there. But it's a, I mean, I know the song; it's a cracking song. So uh, those who haven't heard it, I'm, I'm sure will in, in, enjoy it. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a belter. Have, have you ever seen the Cure live? I have a friend who go who's a big Cure fan, and, and he loves their sort of three and a half hour shows they do or something. Have you, have you ever <laughs> been to, been no, to one actually, of
1: those? I, I haven't. I have seen them live at all. So uh, no, that I would imagine that's a, a great experience. I never yeah, actually knew did. the play, the players for that long.
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, um I don't know if it's three and a half, but certainly three hours or something like that. Um but yeah, they do they do go on and on apparently. Whether whether it's so much these days as they get a little bit older, I don't know. But um yeah, they, they play a long old set. Bold accounts, um, but uh, no, I've, I've never seen them live, and they're not a band I own many many records of or what have you. But uh, you know, the sort of band you, you like a lot of a lot of their stuff, as it were. And uh, this is one of my, my more favourite tracks of theirs, as it were. So, um, so another, another cracker for the playlist. Um, my next selection is the one player coming back to what we were talking about form in this event previously. He's, he's the one player I'm going to chance who's never really done anything here, and, and I'm going to give another chance to Troy Merritt. Um, he was. Uh, Obviously, you know, he rewarded me in spades with his full full price at three-figure odds, a uh, full price place at three-figure odds uh, last week from the pre-event pick. But uh, um, whilst I'm delighted with Hoagie's win, uh, part of yesterday, I was thinking we might uh, hit, hit the real jackpot uh, again with um, having put um, Troy Merritt up at 200-1 to 1 yesterday morning for uh, my Sporting Life column. Uh, I'm on logic there, and, and the logic again, rolling it through with him for this week, is he just seems to be in a really good groove over the last six months or so with his approach play in particular, which is, is, is as we touched on already, pretty pretty key for this week. Uh, and uh, he hit it really well on his first round at Pebble, which was obviously the only measured round, if you like, that we had to go on going into yesterday. Uh, and his approach play yesterday was excellent as well. Uh, yes, of course, it looks like the nerve got to him slightly when he realised he was in almost in the box seat. I mean, if he'd finished with, he got through the tough 14th and birdied that. And if he'd posted two more birdies and posted 19 under, he'd have certainly been in the playoff and who knows how, you know, Hoagie would have reacted if he'd been looking at that on the scoreboard. So um, as I say, do think we're wrong I'm saying get on to life with Hoagie's win, but uh, uh, a 200-to-1 shot would, would have been um, fantastic and, uh, and he'll take away a lot of positives from last week. Uh, he'll be disappointed, obviously, to have slipped and the double bogey cost the full place on that bet as well uh ended up finishing fourth when it was three each way places at 200 to one so that was a bit of a a bummer as it were but um uh he'll take a lot of positives forward uh and although he's never done anything here he has two runner-up finishes at the barracuda so uh he's obviously comfortable in desert conditions and um he's i think he's Sixth in approach play this season or something on tour now after a uh, you know another really strong strong performance with the irons uh this last week so um and another link i liked which um i don't know if you picked up on this link nile but um uh, of course, I seem to remember in the back of my mind, you, you had um, uh, a cracking result with KH Lee last year uh, when, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, when when he won at TPC Craig Ranch, I think it is, the new home of the Byron Nelson. Uh, and um, I, I'm not sure if this is part of what drew you to KH Lee last year, but he performed really well in this obviously uh was it was was second here and and so that was some good tpc form to take across to the the new um tpc venue uh that was being used at the byron nelson uh and so i was keen to look at that uh that sort of final leaderboard from that event uh because of the the kh lee link and lo and behold there was uh troy Merritt up there in the top 10 again so that was another plus for him although he's not uh done the business here uh and i also like the fact that um Last season, when he found his form, he stayed hot. He had something like three top tens in four starts or something, including back-to-back top tens. So uh, he um, – back-to-back seventh place finishes, actually, including that one at uh, the Warren Nelson. So, I just felt he was worth another chance. Um, his odds haven't basically moved from last week. Now, of course, the field's a lot stronger, so that, that makes sense. So, um, you can say, in theory, he's he's shrunk, because otherwise he'd be out at sort of, you know, 150s plus or something. But I'm quite happy with the 125s. Uh, and I'm hoping he'll take the confidence from um, last week and, and put in another great great showing. So, uh, uh, I'm happy to roll the dice with him again. So, that's a uh, true merit for me. One point each way at 125s.
1: Um, I was quite impressed actually with with his attitude last night. I, you know, I don't know enough about him that to, that to suggests that that's you know that's a regular occurrence. But even how he coped with the you know the mistake he made, and uh, he seemed I don't know he, he was still smiling and he was still waving to the galleries. And stuff. It was just one thing that I was impressed with. So I, I've you know if ever there's a sign that he could bounce back and go in straight away again, then you know an attitude like that always helps.
0: Yeah, and he's one, you know, he's. he's I put him on when I was putting him up last week. I, I sort of likened him to your, your sort of James Harms and your Ted Potters and your Jim yeah, exactly right. you Jim Hurts and what have you. You know, he doesn't. Play well that often, but suddenly he'll win. Uh, And and um, you know they're the sort of players I guess as golf punters we like really because uh, uh, you'll get you'll get the big odds because there's been a few missed cuts, but uh, if you catch them right, which of course is uh, nine tenths of the battle, but uh, if you catch them right, then. um you, you know that uh the, they, they could potentially deliver the goods for you and he is a two-time winner uh so um i certainly think he's capable of winning again and um yeah don't, uh this, this cut up to win to win this event would be the biggest company he's won him for sure but um you, you know he should like you say he showed enough last week and his game seems to be firing that nicely that uh, uh i'm happy to look past his poor record here uh instead look at his decent desert form which uh which ticks that box for me and uh, to give him another crack so yeah that's a uh, Troy Merritt for me and um we're now going to move now on to uh it's it's the back nine sections so i don't know if you've heard me uh, uh do this before where i fire nine questions at, uh um at, at my guests and uh sort of quick quick fire answers music and golf related questions uh before we get into the questions though and obviously we're we as much sort of having uh having the music playlist on on, on this uh as we are as um you know, talking about our our golf picks and, and what have you. And obviously everyone I'm, trying, everyone I'm trying to bring on is big music lovers. I mean, has, has music always been since you were a young kid or whatever? Has it always been a big part in your, your life? Are you like when me and Dave Tyndall were talking the other week about sort of, you know, buying our first seven inch singles and although you're not quite as old as me and Dave Tyndall, but, uh, <laughs> getting, but uh, uh, has music always been really important to you? What what sort of led, led you okay, down yeah, the uh, yeah,
1: it always has, you know, Growing up, I suppose, you know, my dad would have been a big Beatles fan. Uh, well, he's a big Beatles fan. And, uh, you know, that probably, you know, listened to a fair bit of that growing up. And then, you know, I've got two older brothers. So, you know, one of them is, well, about, you know, just a couple of years older than me. And then the other one's, you know, uh, over, you know, 10 or, th- or, sorry, about 12 or 13 years older than me. So I was kind of heavily influenced by them. A bigger brother, he was, you uh, Massive in the Depeche Mode, which have obviously played here, yeah. uh, reached 66 earlier mm. on. Uh, which funny enough, I'll tell you a story about that. He's a you know, he's always been a big, a massive Depeche Mode fan all his life, and then, mm. uh, in the late 80s and uh, early 90s, uh, and Andrew Fletcher, who's a you know, a keyboard player in the Depe- yeah, yeah, mode, yeah. actually married one of our cousins. Goodness, so okay, my, my brother's favorite band of all time all of a sudden uh his cousin was married to one of the members so uh, wow. that's all that happened in the early night well late 80s early 90s so ever since uh we've all kind of been in them and uh yeah especially well uh, you kind of you could do kind of, almost kind of everybody kind of loves what they 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 grow up with but uh yeah yeah obviously Pesh is a big thing in uh, our family and we've obviously got great treatment with you know our cousin and, and Andy down the years as well so whenever they tour we, ha- we usually have a great time and I sometimes post about it on Twitter as well but uh, yeah there's that and then growing up I think it was more or less university time where I kind of got into the Smiths which mm. uh, well I grew growing up in my teenage years was you know a big Oasis fan uh, yeah that came with the territory growing up as a a teenager in the nineties, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I went to university kind of, you know, I kind of always liked the Smiths and and liked the hits, but, you know, I got really obsessed by them when I went to university and met another fellow who uh, was well into the Smiths. So uh, Mm -hmm. we spent plenty of nights drinking in some dingy flats, just uh, going through uh, the Smiths and Morrissey back catalog. So uh, yeah, it's always been a big thing on, you know, there's often I'm a big football fan as well, and then you yeah. kind of have that conversation. I, if you know, I don't know what you would choose. like, But know if you, if you had to if you had to give up one sport or music, uh you would never play or watch a bit of sport Ooh, again. Oh, or, <laughs> or you would never listen to another song again. You, what would you oh do? My God.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Uh I can't answer that. <laughs> it seems, maybe it maybe maybe, question, maybe that's
1: one to put out as a, yeah, uh, the a Twitter question to see yeah, what we're playing. Yeah
0: um god i, I couldn't even I'll, I'll, I'll think about it and I'll, I'll answer that on next week's show <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um yeah that, that's an impossible question but uh uh i mean i'm, I'm well depeche mode i, I I'm, a, I'm a fan i wouldn't say i'm a huge fan again they're not one of the bands i bought um you know loads of their stuff over the years but i was actually brought up in essex and they come from basildon so yeah, um, yeah. You, you know there was sort of a, a a local band if you like but um uh but uh their version um when you're next talking to your cousin's husband uh i think that my favorite song of theirs is it's actually probably the live version is everything counts uh I, I yeah think absolutely my cousin's is, is actually in that video effort.
1: from uh the videos taken from the, Ro- the right. rose bowl right and the yeah, yeah backstage yeah. i don't know if you remember like live video from that which is often played and there's some
0: backstage after we finish recording i'll go and watch it again yeah. um, and, um the, the smiths, yeah, everything is
1: mean, a, a wonderful tune
0: yeah it is uh the smiths i'm a, I'm a massive i mean we could sit here and talk about the smiths for ages ages and i i don't get and, and maybe you can explain it because i know we can have a you know we're giving a game where we can have a smith song in a, in a bit but um um uh, I don't get people who say oh the boring smiths miserable morrissey oh. et cetera, etc etc uh, i think his lyrics are absolutely hilarious and and they just crack me up you know and and um yeah so, songs like obviously um uh you know the light they'll never go out and and um yeah i mean if if you had to name your favorite smith song what what would um what would it be
1: i, I know i know it's over i know i know it, yeah. be, it wouldn't be many people's favorite but yeah. I think I think it kind of has everything. It ha- kind of yeah, has yeah. the you know the melancholy part of, yeah, yeah. of the Smiths and, and Morrissey, and then the total uplifting, mar Ma rifts that come you yeah, know yeah. three quarters of the way through the tune. I just think it, it it's an absolute magical piece.
0: Yeah, it is. A, and again, there's a live there's a live version. It's on Rank, isn't it? I think. Um, yeah. 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 There's a live version of that. So, uh, but it's on. Yeah, it, without Temporing Fate, it's on the funeral list of songs. So, um, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So, actually, I, can, I actually can't. Um, I, I, I can't I'm totally with you when when people talk about, you know, how, you know, people label Morrissey as depressing and all. And, you know, there's not like, there's plenty of bands where I don't like the members, you know, Morrissey's one, you know Mm. know what I mean? I don't know how you could like Morrissey these days. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've never been a big fan. Well, I'm definitely not a fan of of, of Liam and Noel, but especially Noel. Mm. And you know, there's others, you know, I'm a, I'm a big U2 fan. Don't particularly like Mm. Bono uh not mm. many people do either i think he you, i think he gets a bit of a bad rap for no reason but uh mm. you know there's plenty of bands out there we you, you don't need to like uh you don't need to like the members right. but not I, I simply don't understand about the smiths because for me it's the most uplifting music you, yeah know, i've ever listened to i,
0: I agree it's um yeah it, you know
1: they're yeah they're incredible so uh
0: and it's uh my answer to the favorite smiths track is uh how soon is now that's um uh the song for me so um but uh too grungy uh, for
1: me how soon is now for the smiths yeah, uh, i don't yeah, know yeah. i've never really uh i've never it's always been uh, you, there's no ne- there, i don't have many skip smiths tracks you know
0: right okay i, I wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't
1: say it's a, a total skip for me, but it's yeah. never really ever I've, it's just i don't know it's it's real different how soon is now compared to some other yeah. smiths songs you know yeah
0: yeah maybe but um yeah again it's the it's the riff isn't it but um yeah um anyway we'll be here all night at this rate so uh <laughs> and um uh yeah so the back nine questions so are you ready for these now um
1: yeah far first,
0: first record slash cd is your younger than me <laughs> that you ever bought uh
1: i actually I, i'm not sure i'm actually i think it might be whatever by oasis
0: Fair enough. Uh, it's a good tune. So, not going to argue with that. Um, first gig you ever went
1: to? Stereophonics. Stereophonics Excellent. backed up by uh, Feeder.
0: Okay. Oh, I like Feeder. I'm waiting to get. Um, yeah, f- Feeder, Feeder. feeder, by feeder on, yeah, I'm waiting to get just another day on this pod somewhere when Jason yeah. Day gets hit or something like that. So, um, your best ever golf winner? Uh. Must be the biggest money-wise, but just uh, you know the one that gave me the most pleasure, if you like.
1: Uh, uh, without a doubt, space uh, at the open. The, that that well, was just the most. Well, mad, and maybe not for you. You have You destroyed my future dreams. <laughs> mean, yeah. right? okay. But for so, me, uh... that was one of the, like that was that was a, a special day's golf. You know, right?
0: So one man's meat, as it were. So uh, <laughs>
1: um,
0: okay, uh, your worst ever beat uh, golf punting wise, we might have the same one for this actually. But uh, yeah, your worst ever beat. Yeah,
1: w- yeah, without a doubt, bowhawser.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was still. Uh, uh, yeah, closely followed by it.
1: David Langmars, of course, of
0: which yes, you were yes, on too. We, yeah, yeah <laughs> I was on that as well. So, but uh, yeah, both, both. Hustler, yeah, I was um, counting the money and spending it already, but there you go. Um, the most memorable gig you have been to? Uh,
1: I was actually just talking about this the other night with my brother, and you know, it, it came out of the blue. It was a strange one, but it was the Stone Roses when they made their comeback uh, right, yeah. in Ormo Park here in Belfast, mm. and uh you know i've obviously been, been an obvious a big roses fan but we actually mm. won tickets to the gig and we were in the front kind of that yeah uh, mosh pit kind of section or whatever but there was a lot of space mm. and all that or whatever but i was so surprised by how good it was it was just turned mm. into it was like it was like being in a club for like two and a half hours everybody was just dancing It was just a real special night and one who which took me really by surprise yeah,
0: well, I, I, I like you. I didn't see them on the original sort of lineup, but um, uh, I saw them when they came back with um, the, but, but not their sort of second comeback when they after John yeah. Squire had left, and they had um, as he's somebody or other uh, uh, playing guitar. But um, I, I'm actually going to tell my Sto- Stone Roses story now. You're going to you're going to like this story. This is probably going to extend the pod by another two or three minutes. But uh, <laughs> my, my Stone Roses story. Uh, so. Uh, my in-laws live up in Merseyside, uh, in in Southport, uh, and I was uh, living down south at the time. Me uh, and my wife weren't actually married, but uh, at that point we were living down south, and it was it was Euro '96, wasn't it? Um, when it was in in England, so yeah, 1996. Yeah. And my mother-in-law came on the phone one day to to my wife and said, "Oh." There's some pop band living at the bottom of our garden. They've hired out this coach house. It's the... The rocks, or something, or the stones, or whatever, and, and we paid no. <laughs> this is a true, hundred percent true story, and we paid no attention to this whatsoever. And we were saying, you know, your mother-in-law knew I was into music, and it was like, who well, could it be, and what have you? And um, and, and anyway, we were coming up to Southport, so she kept going on about this rock band making all this noise down the bottom of the garden, uh, in in this coach house that uh, was at the bottom of their garden, and um, that uh, was oh, you know, they own it. Obviously, it was owned sort of down the driveway, coach house behind their place Uh, and um, eventually we came up to Southport uh, a couple of days before the semi-final of Euro 96 and no sign no noise any of this or or whatever and then literally and this is no word of a lie we sat in the lounge which is at the back of the house doors open wherever it's summer uh, just coming up to the kickoff of England Germany and suddenly I hear the beginnings of I want to be adored being played, like properly played, down the bottom of the garden, and I'm like, what? Um, so my wife went down there, um, this was back in her younger, more wild days, uh, went down there with her best friend later on that night and buzzed on the gate saying, can we borrow a cup of sugar, please, uh, to establish exactly who it was. And um, uh, I believe it was Manny who came out to the front Joke, and man. said, no, it's true sorry, and said, we haven't got any sugar, but we're having a party tomorrow night if you want to come. Uh, and there we got- <laughs> I, I was actually going – this is 100% true, honestly. I was going back down south the next day, uh, and I said to my wife and best friend or girlfriend at the time, said, so you ain't going to that bloody party. I don't trust you with those guys down there at the bottom <laughs> of the question. But, but anyway, that wasn't the reason she didn't go. But they didn't go anyway for, for no any reason. Um, but it was. I mean, I continued – after they'd struck up, I want to be a door, they continued to rehearse and play. And they, basically, at the time, they were in the music press of having gone into hiding – to rehearse this new guitarist in for – they were supposed to be playing at Reading or something later that summer, and they, right. so they got hiding and they came uh, they came and stayed in Southport. And I've seen a few things online over the years since. Uh, you know, there's a lot of more local papers in sort of forums and stuff where people say, did the Stone Roses really come and stay in Southport and or is it just an urban myth? And, um, no, they actually did. They came and hold out in a coach that, house That's unbelievable. At the in Southport in 1996 so um
1: uh, but i never got to meet sure, him, yeah. surely you regret not going to that party now
0: yeah well i had to go back down south the next day so uh yeah <laughs> um but um uh, yeah but they were they were here and uh, they were here for a, you know, a good couple, well a month or so i think or something like that so um anyway that's, the rest of the back nine yeah i nearly told you the other week actually when dave tindall started talking about the stone rose mm-hmm. and i got sidetracked so I was, I was thinking it'd come out somewhere on the pod so um Anyway, so we've had the most memorable gig to stone roses, your um Dream Four ball, which would uh can be people dead or alive, so we can suspend belief here, and either musicians or golfers only, so no politicians or, or what have you. Um your dream. So four musicians
1: or golfers only.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you're in it, so you need three more. All right. Uh Space. Yep.
1: Uh who else we're gonna go for here? Uh music wise, uh Johnny Moore. Johnny Mark, yeah. And uh, we'll round it off with, uh, is this Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive,
0: yeah. Not the band, Dead or Alive, though. Got <laughs> <laughs> a big uh, in there. Well, you could do if you want, obviously. <laughs> uh,
1: I'll go for, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's a bit well it actually wouldn't be boring. around will round it off for Morrissey and see how the two of them get on. Fair <laughs> enough,
0: yeah. Just don't talk politics with him. But yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, Morrissey Ma and Jordan Spieth. Uh, I don't know what Jordan <laughs> would make of them, but uh um sure be a cracking border. Uh your favourite course on the PGA tour, regular tour events are so not Augusta or, or what have you. So or favourite event if you like.
1: So Well, the- We don't see it often enough, but it was absolutely bowled over by Keo Island last year. I thought that was probably the the best major venue uh, possibly that I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, well, that was actually Kenny's pick last week as well. So, um, yeah. Oh, was it? Yeah, I actually didn't get to this part in Kenny's podcast because I didn't didn't
1: just get to the end of it.
0: Yeah, Um, well, uh, yeah. Um, So, definitely a a, a good shout, that one. Uh, And your most treasured record or CD, uh, if you had one Desert Island disc, if you like
1: uh it would probably be uh the smith's album the first album called the smiths
0: yeah yeah
1: um uh, i guess it would be a smith album but uh
0: um oh, and again that's a, a great choice there's
1: a few to choose from uh i wouldn't yeah. like to give many up but yeah that would probably be it uh closely and- followed by Def- definitely maybe
0: Right, okay. Yeah, that's um that's an absolutely belting album, obviously. Um and um the goat, jackal tiger.
1: Oh tiger easily. For yeah. for many reasons, oh, for many reasons on and off the course. Definitely yeah, on the off, course, off the I course, think, course, anyway. Like but, yeah. but off the course absolutely as well, after yeah. you know we've seen so much axe Antics in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Um, And um, over to you for your final song pick now, which uh, ties in nicely with what we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And it's from that album that I mentioned, and it's uh, the Smith's first single, and it's called Hand and Glove, which I think is a pretty good golf reference.
0: Absolutely. I was actually um, saving to put this on when, uh, I, if and when I pick uh, Aaron Reich because obviously he's two <laughs> handing gloves, but uh, uh, all Tommy two gloves gainy, not like I can see myself backing him again in the near future. Yeah,
1: it has my favorite, one of my favorite lyrics of all time. It says, though we may be hidden by rags, we have something they'll never have. So even if you're not backing 100 to one, 101 winners and 150 to one winners, you can still have something they'll never have, you know
0: yeah uh well it's uh uh i I love the smiths Um, i'm with you know as soon as i knew you were coming on the show i i I, I thought we've got to have some smiths in and you have not disappointed so uh and uh, i'm sure there'll be plenty more smiths in the pod as the weeks and months go on um back to the golfers and we've got a couple of golfers left uh to in amongst all this actually i've got three two golfers left so i'm gonna i'm gonna rattle through my final two quickly and then i'll uh have you uh Uh, wrap up your selections Noel so so my final two I'm going uh, back to the world with my biggest desert friend Martin Laird Uh, those who have been keeping an eye on my selections for uh, a year or two plus will will know that I hit the jackpot with Martin Laird in Vegas a couple of uh, uh, a couple of autumns ago, when he came in at 250 to one at the Shriners for us. Uh, and my reason for backing him that week was very similar to my reason for backing him this week, which is whenever he tees it up in the desert, I will look at Martin Laird. And if the Lairds want to keep putting him up at 150, 200 to one, 250 to one, uh, then I'm happy to roll the dice. Uh, I don't roll the dice willy-nilly every time he tees up in the desert, but uh, there is enough sort of, you know, just glimmers as there was when he won the Shriners, hence he was 250s. Um, uh, obviously, hadn't been in stonking form, but there's a couple of glimmers. Um, after he won the Shriners, he went completely off the ball through 2021, um, uh, or the rest of the 2021 season, but Back end of last year, he played well at the Shriners again, uh, he um, uh, played nicely at the Mayakoba, uh, and he's come out to, at the Farmers, and he, he finished 46, which is no great shakes, but he was 23rd in approach. Uh, at Torrey Pines uh, on the measured rounds. Uh, He's 19th in approach this season, so his iron game seems to be looking quite nice, uh, which again, as we know, is what we need here. Uh, And he's got the desert form in spades, obviously two times Shriners winner, four top tens, bundles of big finishes in um, Reno. Sorry, four top tens here, I should say. Uh, Bundles of finishes in Reno. So, so, yeah, um, I'm Yeah, he's he's certainly for me at 150 to one this week, and I'm happy to uh, roll the dice with him and. My even bigger roll of the dice, if you like, is on Brandon Hagee, uh, and uh, he's available, uh, well, if you're happy to take five places, I think you can get 750 to one or something, uh, but um, if you're going to take the 300s with uh, uh, your friends, Boyles and um, going 10 places, so I'm, I'm happy to take the 300 to one for 10 places, and we've seen with Hagee, he had his best season on tour last season, uh, 84th in the FedEx Cup, and he popped up a couple of times completely out of nowhere when the course suited, so second at the Honda on the back of an awful run of four and six at the Rocket Mortgage when similarly not doing much coming in. Uh, and there's just been enough again in him. I mean, in his last few events before Christmas, he kept throwing in sort of one round of 65 amongst a bunch of bad stuff. But to bring it more up to date, Last week, he had an awful day one at Monterey, but then he shot sixty six at Spyglass, and he was five under for the back nine, uh, the tougher nine at uh, Pebble before he had a triple on the fifth on his back nine, um, coming home, uh, which cost him basically playing the final day. So, so there's you know he he's got some good stuff there lurking uh, again. Uh, His approach play was pretty solid uh, on the measured round uh, that he did have at Pebble. Uh, He's been 18th, 12th and 5th in his last three visits to the Barracuda. Uh, He's been 16th here uh, on his last visit in 2020, which is second best performance that season behind the 12th at the Barracuda. So, again, he's showing the desert form and... Like I said, if if the core suits, he can pop up at a big price. And uh, uh, I just thought for 10 places, 300 to 1, I was happy to take a chance. So um, they're my last two plays. And uh, over to you, now.
1: Yeah, I've got one left. And interestingly enough, uh, Hagee made my list as well, to be fair. He, uh, he, he, wasn't, he didn't make the staking plan, but he wasn't far off. It. I think his approach play lately has been... Uh, He's been flying around approach playing, as you say, plays well at the barracuda and there's a top 20 here as well. So yeah, there's yeah. plenty of boxes text for Higgy. So, uh, but my final pick is Nate Lastly, which I'm sure uh, anyone who's studying the golf this week, he would have popped up for him, I guess, uh, having finished third and 17th here in two appearances. Uh, but that's two great efforts on the, uh, on this track. And he has a 12th place at the Bezer classic back in 2019 as well. But, uh, Suited by the lack of length here, I think that that, he, that you really need. I think Peter uh, Green. He's been pretty good lately, especially over over the two rounds of Pebble. He was length. He ranked eleventh uh, in the field, and Peter Green. So I think that's a real good sign. After a couple of missed cuts, uh, he finished twenty eighth there at uh, Pebble last week. Uh, his approach play proved significantly from. Uh, the American Express last time out, and his approach play was actually all right at Sony as well, but he didn't quite do it in the greens. Didn't quite do it in the greens last week either. But yeah. uh, as I say, I think you know this is this is a this is a week where you can you know hopefully get an upturn in the greens are just not as as difficult as some previous weeks. So uh, yeah, as I said, the a away I don't try and lean too heavily on course form week to week, but I think there's a couple of courses a year where. Uh, it's quite important. Uh, you you pro- you're probably leaning more towards any desert kind of form, whilst yeah, I'm looking as any kind of desert form as a plus to whatever they've done here. To be fair, but uh, slightly different approaches, but uh, along the same lines. And yeah, lastly, I think it was around 150 to one. Uh, mm. Around eight places that uh, thought was far enough this week, We'll we'll roll our dice on another triple figure poke. Yep, yeah. um, brilliant so in a minute we'll just run through our picks again
0: remind everyone who we've gone for but uh, before that just touch on the free bets that uh, i give away each week uh, and i've already given one away to mcnulty who um uh, managed to work out that i was putting dakota in for uh tom Hoagie. uh but uh, the regular free bet uh five pound free bet some great suggestions uh this week uh, as always um Jason Daniels, uh, a.k.a. Halfway House from the Lost for Words pod, a great pod if you've not listened to that before. Uh, he went with Rise of the Phoenix by Tenacious D. Um, uh, McNulty, um, who's already won one bet, so sorry, McNulty, not getting another one this week, but uh, uh, he, um, he suggested some garbage, which uh, makes perfect sense. Uh, and we have had some Trash by Suede as well, which uh, was another great uh, idea from James Golf Bowler. And then we also have the Trash Can Sinatras uh, have uh, been mentioned as well uh and um coming back uh and apologies and sorry i can't remember who it was but uh uh who uh, who suggested the soprano song um i now understand what it meant so uh apologies you want to know i hadn't uh watched the Sopranos before uh but i'm gonna go with uh, it's a fairly obvious one but um chris lofthouse has gone with arizona by the kings of leon so um yeah it's uh, a pretty obvious uh pick there but um sometimes the obvious picks are up the one forward so uh, so it's arizona by the kings of leon um next week so what do we got on the show next week uh, i'm delighted i've got another fantastic guest on next week and i'm going to be joined by len hoshberg now some of you might not know len some of you in england might not know len across the pond i'm sure um uh, a lot more of you will know, know know of him but um he's on the action network podcast with uh, jason sobel he's on the rotowire shows on uh serious xm fantasy so uh, uh he's um uh you know often uh often to be seen on some great stuff over there in the states uh very knowledgeable and um len is also based in the la area So he's been a regular at Riviera over the last 20 years. I think he's barely missed a year. He's going to be there again next week for the event. And um, I'm delighted to say that Len's found the time to be joining us, uh, uh, well, it is Monday afternoon, but um, late next Monday evening for uh, recording the pod with me. And he'll be giving us, um, as well as some great music, of course, he'll be giving us a great feel to what to expect from Riviera next week, uh, what sort of conditions, um, you know, how the course will be planned, et cetera. Really looking forward to having Len on next week. Um, should be another fantastic show. So, um, quick recap. Uh, Niall, do you just want to run us through your uh, bets for the week again.
1: Yeah, uh, leaning quite heavily on Hideki Matsuyama, three points each way at 18 to 1. Then we've got Corey Connors, uh, one point each way at 50 to 1. Keegan Bradley, one point each way at 100 to 1. Woodland, same price, 101.75 points each way and 0.75 point each way on Nate lastly at 150 to one and all those five golfers are at a fifth to eight places. Great
0: Uh, and for me it's two points each way Jordan Spieth 20 to one Um, it is uh, Andrew Putnam one point each way 80 to one it's Troy Merritt 125 to one one point each way uh, it is um, scrolling down. I've forgotten who my own golfers are now. Martin Laird. How can I forget Martin Parker Laird? Uh, 150 to one. Um, uh, one points each way again. And finally, um, Brandon Hagee, one points each way at 300 to one. Uh, all fifth and first eight, apart from Brandon Hagee, I'm taking for the 10 places uh, with ball sports. The music playlist this week, which, as I say, I'll be linking out, uh, you'll be able to listen to on Spotify Uh, afterwards, um, is Dakota by The Stereophonics, in honor of our great success with Tom Hoagie. Uh, It is, um, I always forget my songs each week. I should have them listed in one long line, and then I wouldn't forget what they were, as opposed to scrolling back up my list um rhymes of your songs now then i don't remember what my were. first was
1: uh depeche mode route 66 uh the second was uh a forest by the cure and finally hand in glove by the smiths and my others are because i
0: found them now uh we have come on feel the noise by oasis uh we have boulevard of broken dreams by Green Day. Uh, We have Annie by Elastica uh, in honour of Jordan Spieth and um, an ode to his wife after his uh, um, death-defying stunt on the cliff edge last week. And finally, we have the... Uh, listeners' pick, which is Kings of Leon uh, and Arizona. So well done again to Chris Lofthouse for winning the free bet. And that is pretty much just a wrap. Um, Niall, thank you so much for coming on. It's been fantastic to have you on and to uh, share the wonders of the Smiths and our golf picks. <laughs> um, r- remind everyone where they can find your content each week and uh, where they can follow you and
1: what have you. Yeah, you can find me on uh, Twitter at, at BetGolfWorld and on odds checker you'll see my previews every week uh, at oddschecker.com forward slash tips forward slash golf i think it is and yeah it's been a pleasure martin thank you very much for having me on uh absolutely no problem talking golf and music it's uh, a great idea and i hope uh, the success continues
0: Yeah, onwards and upwards, touch wood. So thank you, Ron, for listening. Uh, Thank you again, Niall. Uh, Let's back some winners and don't forget to turn the music up loud. Uh, And I'll see you all again next week. So thank you very much and good night.